2: Welcome to the program, The Tuesday Show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. From Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is, as you know, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. And today I have a whole bunch of help. More on our guest in just a moment. We'd love for you to call 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 6305757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at CalvarySA.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number one more time is 340-9585. I told you yesterday that we have a guest today, Pastor Hector Velarde from Calvary Chapel of North San Antonio. Uh, we will still take your calls, any questions that you have, uh, save the really hard ones for Pastor Hector, but uh, we would love to have any input, so just because we have a guest doesn't mean you can't call with questions. Hector, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glad to be here.
2: It's good to have you. I'm just getting to know you really well after after uh, you, you affiliated with Calvary Chapel to take over an existing church here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what, how you got to San Antonio, um, how long you 've been saved just just
3: pertinent information sure sure i um, actually i 'm from New Mexico originally um, grew up in the las cruces area moved to Albuquerque when I was Fresh out of high school,
2: my, my just yeah. it, my son went to New Mexico State to play tennis. Okay, he's a my, ne- he's my an Aggie. son. Yeah, and and that's my only experience with New Mexico is going to watch him play tennis match.
3: Yeah, well, I grew up there. I did everything wrong there, everything <laughs> I shouldn't have done. And so we moved, to or I moved to Albuquerque shortly after that. Um, met my wife there. Uh, met the Lord there, which was more importantly, my wife and I got married. We weren't believers at the time. Um, we uh, were. A marriage on the rocks and about to fall apart when the Lord interrupted our lives and saved us. And it has been a joy ever since. And that's kind of where our uh, knowledge of Calvary Chapel came in. We ended up at Calvary of Albuquerque with Skip Heitzig. Oh. And we were there for a year and a half or so before we moved to San Antonio in 98. And we, we actually, it's interesting because we we visited your church when you were still at the daycare. Oh, wow. And and Boy, that's old school. Huh? Th- that was a, a while ago. Yeah. And um, so we visited there, but we were looking for Pastor Joe Marcus because he had come out of Calvary of Albuquerque as well, and somebody had told us about him. We couldn't find him, and we ended up finding <laughs> Pastor Jim Calloway at uh, what is Calvary Chapel, North, North, North San, San Antonio. Antonio. And that is where we landed, and that is where we grew. And it's come full circle because um, – Gosh, how many years? Twenty years later, uh, I'm now the pastor of that church. So <laughs> interesting how things happen. P-
2: pastor Joe, he's on the on the north side, of, north, northwest, not, west, northwest, sort of. Say, yeah. yeah, he He's one of the nicest men on the face of the earth. Yes, and he, I just. Yes. Just a really great guy. I've had him on the show. It's been a long time. But, yep. but uh, Joe, Joe's great. Um, uh, I, I know you've been in Mexico. I know you were involved with Pastor Jay, who's also been on this program that we sent to Durango. Yes. And uh, talk about your, your ministry in Mexico.
3: You know, when we were uh, with, at Grace Calvary Chapel with Pastor... Uh, Joe Marcus. I've always had a heart for missions. In fact, I I don't know how many Bible questions I could answer, but if anybody had questions on the mission field or missions, I I feel like I I can speak to that. I have experience in that, and and God has has given us that opportunity. But while uh, at time with Pastor Jim or Pastor Joe... I, have a, I had a heart for missions, and I, had, I believe I had a call for it. And uh, Jay had reached out to him and was looking for maybe somebody to come visit and, and, and do a mission trip, and Pastor Joe said, Hey, you have a heart for missions. Why don't you reach out to him? And so I did. And before you know it, I was sending groups or going with groups to Durango to visit Jay. Little did I know that we would end up moving there. And spending a year with Jay and serving with Jay there in Durango, and then eventually moving to Guanajuato and planting our own uh, church there
2: yeah you know we 've uh, i 've been to to Durango. uh jay 's uh, out of our church, and yes uh, I just found the city wonderful yes uh, it wasn 't anything you know my, my most of my experience in Mexico has been in around the borders we planted in Reynosa. Uh, we, we were thinking about planting in Monterey, uh, but, but, but Durango is like this, um, beautiful place yes. uh, in the mountains it just, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And the people there just killed us with kindness.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a historic town. I mean, it's 400 years old or, or something like that. I remember, but yeah, the people are the greatest, you know, I, I leaving San Antonio was tough. Leaving the church was tough, uh, Leaving Durango was even tougher, yeah. I think, because of the people. They just take you in, they accept you as their own, and they just love you. And, yeah, we saw the same thing, absolutely. Hey,
2: that's great. Let's get back. Let's take a break for a phone call, and then we'll we'll come back and finish the conversation. Let's go to Alan from San Antonio on Line 1. Alan, thanks for holding. You're on the air.
4: Am I on the air
2: now? You are on the air, oh. yes.
4: <laughs> okay, Ron, well, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh I use this occasion. Uh, are you listening, Hector? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm using this uh, occasion, and Ron, it's, uh, it's a little bit of uh, uniting, but it's over the phone with Hector. Uh, we've been to uh, a couple of missionary trips. I'm just going to remind you, Hector. I, I hope you and uh, Jennifer, Isaiah are doing great. Um and that's all. That's why I wanted to use this occasion because I always thought about you, and I never forgot you, Hector. I love you. I know you're my brother in Christ. I miss all of you guys out there from Grace, and I just, I just had hoped that the things that I had to go through, it never came upon me. But I, you know, I'm just, I'm a beat up uh, brother right now. But I just wanted, when I heard Ron talk about that you were going to be on the air, it excited me because that's like that's my brother right there and <laughs> even though and even though that uh, <laughs> uh that this is the, the occasion that's not my real name but I didn't want to put it out there because you know that I'm a bit of ashamed of what took place but nevertheless I always wanted to reach out to you but I lost contact with you but is Jack and Carol still at the church remember Jack and
3: Carol I do remember Jack and Carol. They are not there anymore, from what I understand. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yes, I, I I thank you for calling, and thank you for loving on on my family. And uh, God bless you, brother.
4: Yeah, and if possible, would it be all right after the air, like maybe sometime later on, uh, give you a call at your office?
3: Sure, absolutely. Okay, let me, God let bless me, you,
4: uh, Ron. Thanks. Go ahead
3: yeah I was gonna say that, um okay. i'll I'll just can I give my my sure. my office number over the air it's two one zero five
4: three zero nine six seven three so five three zero nine six seven three Hector, I'm so glad for you my brother I'm so <laughs> glad
3: for you thank
2: you Alan <laughs> not your real name for calling appreciate it very very okay. much one, one thing for sure, Hector, about, yes, about being on the radio like this is people are going to come out of the woodwork awesome. and, and may, people will, will be able to make a recontact. Alan, appreciate it. You sound like you're going through a hard time. Perhaps you can let Hector know how we can pray for and he can pass that along to, to me as in fact, well. could I pray
3: for Alan? Yeah, please is please do. Would that, sure. that be okay? Well, Father, we come before you this afternoon knowing that you hear us at any time, at any moment, and we put mm-hmm. our brother Alan, Lord, and though that might not be his real name, you know exactly who he is, Lord, and what it is that he is going through. We put his life, Lord, his situation in your hands, and we just ask you, Lord, to guide, to lead him, that he'd be sensitive, Lord, to your spirit in his life. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Great. great. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Let's go to Lucy calling from Universal City Online 1. Lucy, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
5: Hello, Pastor Ron. And hello, uh, guest. I forgot your name all of a sudden. Hector. Hector. Well, um, one of the things that I'm most proud of about Calvary Chapel San Antonio is the importance and the support that they offer for people who are not English-speaking and how important it is for non-English speakers, in this case Spanish, to hear the Word of God in their own language that they feel so comfortable doing. Not only does San Antonio Calvary Chapel have Translation on third service every Sunday, but they also have a special ministry at five o'clock in the evening on Sunday that offers uh, the the spoken word of God uh, from uh, a perspective of uh, ministry and uh, Pastor Ed uh, or uh, Ed Rodriguez, I believe, is uh, mm-hmm. the one that that teaches in the evening on Sunday night. Um, I've been to a couple, but I'm not a regular attender there. Uh, My question is, uh, can you um, give encouragement directly from the Bible to those who might not be as supportive of Spanish-speaking ministries here in the United States? Perhaps the idea that they have is, well, you're in the United States, so you better learn English at this point. <laughs> and uh, they forget that the language that you are born with is where the roots are, and perhaps they are not yet learning uh, as quickly as they can they would want to, to be able to really digest what's in the Bible for them. So uh, I, I am so encouraged that you not only have a ministry here in uh, San Antonio that uh, offers English-speaking uh, Word of God messages, but also, I have the question, do you also have a Spanish ministry at your church, Hector? Um, and uh, that's my basic question, is wanting encouragement for those who aren't as supportive of, as they should be. Um, Thank I you myself am, and, am a uh, bilingual person, and I, Spanish was my first language, and uh, and so I'm just... Very happy that you're on the air, and God bless
2: you. Thank you, Lucy. Appreciate it very much. Hector, th- th- let's address the need for, for communication sure. in Spanish. We live in San Antonio, Texas, and we're, what, four hours from the border. So, uh, I mean, it's just something that, that seemed natural to me. I'm a white guy from Iowa. <laughs> so, but, but it just seemed like if you want sure. to reach people, Jesus would never say to somebody, if you're in America, speak English. Um, what's your view on on Spanish language ministry?
3: I, uh, Lucy, thank you for your your question. It is a a great question. I'm glad that you brought that up. And, um, you know, I don't know that I have a particular scripture that I can lead somebody to, but I, I do know this: that whatever it is, whatever ministry that we embark on, it needs to be led by the Spirit. I mean, God needs to be the one leading the person to do it. And I say that because at our church, uh, currently we do not have a Spanish ministry, Um, but I also don't have any necessarily any 100% Spanish speakers. And in my case, though I am fluent in Spanish, I taught in in Spanish for the last uh, seven years in Mexico, uh, and though I can do it, God sent me back to San Antonio to minister to those who were currently at the church that I took over, and so those were English speakers. And so I have been faithful to what God has called me to do. Now, uh, your question is one that I get asked frequently because of my background, and and I can just tell you that if the Lord puts that opportunity, if we just know that it that it's the Lord doing it, then we're going to go for it. But Uh, that's just my view on it. That's the way that I've always done things. Um, I, I can tell you a, an example of that is when we were in Mexico, we, we planted a church in Guanajuato, Mexico. And, um, I would say three years into it, we started having a group from a neighboring, uh, city of Irapuato start coming. And that group started with five. Now we didn't solicit. We didn't ask for them. They just showed up. Before It was one family, and one family turned to a family and uncles and aunts. And before you know it, we had 15, 20 people coming from that city. And we just looked at it as perhaps the Lord wants to do something in that city as well, and we thought that he did. And so we took the step of faith to go to them instead of them coming to us. That is now Calvary Chapo Irapuato. Um, and so my point is that we, we didn't search for it. We didn't look for it. God just made it happen. Sure. And I think that that if it's, if there's going to be a Spanish ministry within our church, it's just going to be obvious to us, and then we'll do it.
2: You know, Lucy, I can say, you know, Paul said uh, to the Jew, I became a Jew. And, and the idea there is is we, we don't want to ever limit the, the potential reach of our audience. We, we want to minister to anybody and everybody and it would be absolutely foolish in in this place where we live not to have a ministry outreach for those who speak spanish and uh i i, I I would die to change voices with you right now, Hector, <laughs> that rich baritone voice, you know. And, and it's even prettier in Spanish. And um, um, I just think it's something that the, the sensitivity level here needs to be that that whoever God brings along our path, we need to be able to minister to. And. In fact, Absolutely. I can't speak Spanish. I, at least you, when somebody comes to you and their and first language is Spanish, you can minister to them in Spanish, you can counsel them in Spanish, yeah. and you can help them grow and and help them grow in their use of English as well. So I just think it's a great idea. You know, we were talking about Pastor Jay before. Yes. And uh, when I went to uh, to, uh Durango, um, Jay did all the translation for me, real-time translation. Yes. Uh, and, and he was the best translator I've ever had. And I say that, uh, Lucy's husband has translated for me in the past, and he's wonderful. But, but Jay has known me so long and so well that he could mimic my emotions and and, almost finish your sentences yeah it was so it was really really good it was one of those neat things lucy thanks very much
3: and lucy you could pray for our ministry that god would raise something up and absolutely we would love your prayers and covet them for our church
2: and she will pray let's go to converse texas and talk to anonymous online too you are on the air thank you for holding Are you with us? Uh, um,
5: uh, uh, hi, Pastor Wong. Um, hi. My question is, uh, um, uh, uh, who are the Ishmaelites?
2: Who are the Ishmaelites? You mean today? No, who were? Oh, who were? Well, those were the descendants from Ishmael, the son of Abraham and Hagar, and the Ishmaelites uh, have since branched out, uh, and it's hard to determine now uh, who they've evolved into. But but Ishmael was sort of the father of the Arab nations, and uh, they were uh, the descendants of of Ishmael and uh, and the women that he married. Does that help you?
5: Yes.
2: Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Thank- Thank you very very much. God bless you. I love that kind of curiosity Amen. among young people. Amen. Uh Hector, let's talk about uh, what's the difference in in ministry in Mexico. Now we've got some churches that we've planted there and and the one thing that we've learned, uh, we we just sent Pastor Chris uh, uh to Mexico and we've got um uh Michoacan He's trying to tell me. Baháquaran. And paha, what is it? Baja Bahaquara. I can't say that. Wow. Yeah, I can't say Baháquaran. that. And uh and, and, and we're finding that ministry is way different than Jay's in Durango yes. or or Martin's in Reynosa. Um, what, what what was your experience in Mexico? Was it the same just hit the streets, tell people about Jesus and, and then just wait and see what the spirit does?
3: No, it was actually completely different. Um, there is um there was a, a gathering of data by a missionary there in in Jalisco um, that uh, he took the census from 2010. And in the census in Mexico in 2010, they asked about your religious beliefs. And it wasn't just, you know, are you Catholic or are you Christian? They really broke it down. They They were very specific. And he took all that data. And it turned out that the state of Guanajuato, where we were at, is the state with the least amount of evangelicals in the entire uh, nation. Oh, wow. 2.8% of the population is evangelical in Guanajuato. And if you take the neighboring states of Jalisco, Michoacán, uh, which is where the, you of planted, uh, Querétaro, um, uh, San Luis Potosí, if, if Hidalgo, if you take those, um, those states, that is the center, the heart of Mexico, and that is the least evangelized Uh, uh, part of the country. And we found it to be very different. It's all about relationships. It's all about, uh, you you know, there's that old saying, people don't know how much you care until they know uh, how much you know until they know how much you care. And that turned out to be true for us. People really didn't uh, care what it is that we had to say until they knew who we were. And you see they believe they have jesus and they believe that that it's uh that what they have suffices but it's not a relationship we know Mm -hmm. that and so it was completely different um outreach was different um evangelism was more of a one-on-one than it was uh you know something that we're used to maybe on the border or here in the states and so you really things happen a lot slower uh but it is, it is very fruitful at the same yeah. time.
2: You know, the, con- the concept of being born again is really unique. Yes. Um, um, and in and, and the Mexican cities that we've ministered in, um, uh, because of the Catholic influence, just um, say, well, I was christened. I, I, I was I'm born into the Catholic Church. Yes. Uh, I've always been a Catholic. I'll die a Catholic kind of thing. And, and opening their eyes. But one of the things that happens when Catholics start getting saved is the families then explode because they see changes in people actual changes in people and uh, we've had you were talking about one family would bring another and 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 we've we've uh, we laugh because we have somebody gets saved and then the next week there's two people in the family who come and the next week they've got three quarters of a row and the next week they got two rows and those kind of things so it's it's a really neat uh, thing to see. Uh, We're inside about four minutes for this half of the program, Hector. uh, Let's talk about really quickly. Uh, your 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 transition here to uh, Calvary Chapel North San Antonio. You took over for uh, Pastor Jim Calloway. Yes, another really really sweet man. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he's been dealing with health issues now for a long time, and and he knew it was time for him to step aside. How did did you and Jim get together and settle on the issue that this was what you were called to do, and and you were the guy to to replace him?
3: You know, I think this began uh, about three. Uh, about three years ago, probably maybe a little longer, we had a conversation where I, I reached out to him. I, I've only had two pastors in my life, really, Pastor Jim and Pastor Joe, and and so I value his, his counsel, and I had called him while we were on the mission field, and we were just going through it, just a tough time in our family and uh, was trying to get some counsel from him and just re- really not knowing what the lord wanted for us we weren't struggling uh you know financially or or spiritually or marriage wise it it was just a lull i guess you could say in in our time there and uh and so we spoke and within that conversation he uh mentioned to me uh his health issues and i i think it was more in passing if i recall of like if you ever consider coming back perhaps you would be interested in um in, in taking over the fellowship and would you pray about that? And so it was several years of just praying and the story, it goes longer than that. And, um, and, and so maybe we can do that after the, the break or we can can we keep going yeah keep going for a minute yep and so n- nonetheless we after praying for it, about it for several years um the lord just put the pieces in place uh, not only for me to come here but also for somebody to stay in my stead because that was important to me that i just not up and leave but that l- the lord would call somebody to take over for me and lo and behold that person was already in our fellowship yep. i just didn't know it at the time.
2: Yeah, you know, one of the we, we've planned a lot of churches, and one of the things that drives me crazy is when pastors leave people, people that call them pastor and look to them for, for spiritual direction. Uh, and when they do, well, God's leading me in another direction, now it's time to go, He would never do that. He would never do that. God is always going to care for the sheep. That's right. And uh, I I just think sometimes we get tired and we come up with a spiritual sounding excuse to do what we want to do instead of really seeking the heart of the Lord. Uh, As as you were getting ready to take over for Jim... It was a, a, a situation that you and your family would have to, of course, be in agreement on. And yes. What was was that the difficult thing? Let's do that. We got the music coming now, so let's do that on the other side of the break. Hey, we've got thirty minutes left in the Tuesday edition of the program. Pastor Hector Valardi is with us. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free 630 zero K S L R. This is the word to stand them for life. We'll be back in two minutes.
1: Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
2: Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Hector Villardi is with us. We love your calls and questions at 340-9585. Hector, let's talk about you. You're in Mexico for seven years. Yes, sir. you planted a church. You're falling in love with people. Um, how do you and your wife come to agreement it's time to go?
3: Wow. That was um, that was the hardest part is, is leaving the people that we loved. And, you know, it, it, it's always easy to leave something when there's trouble, there's turmoil, um, there's problems, but we had none of that. Um, we would still be there if it wasn't for the Lord who had called us back. And so... Um, you know, my wife has said, where you go, I go. <laughs> and, and, and so she just believed that. But, you know, we, we also knew that as, as certain as God was to get us there, that he would be just as certain as clear to bring us back. And he was. We, we just knew that we knew that we knew that it was. And it, it, it had to do even with the people that were taking over for us. For uh, David, who is the current pastor of the church, he was our youth leader at the time. Um, him and his wife were the, your young, mid-30s. Uh, I, I knew that God had a calling on his life, and and so I approached him about that. Actually, he he approached me about wanting to go out and plant a church, in a neighboring city of San Miguel de Allende. And it was then that I thought, you know, maybe it's not San Miguel, maybe you're supposed to stay here. And I shared with him what was going on and of course he said, No, you can't leave. You know, we <laughs> you gotta stay here. But I asked him to pray. And and I just felt if Lord if this is from you then you're just gonna put it in his heart, in his wife's heart. And sure enough they did.
2: Yeah, you know Hector and our twenty six years here now. Um the most difficult thing for me has been watching men and their families leave um, who were raised up here. God called them here. He, he, he empowered them here. Yes. And and just when you're getting the benefit of the fruitfulness of their ministry, God kind of tugs them other. And, and you know that. As a senior pastor, you know when God's working in somebody's heart. But that moment when you have to say goodbye to them is just so difficult. It's like, God, why couldn't you have sent somebody else? I mean, this is my best. And I've actually said that to the Lord, and, and he would say to me, he said, well, well, would you want to give any less than your best? Mm. That's what I did. So true. And it's just really an emotional thing. You know, when you pray for people, and when you've been through both good times and bad times, the, 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 the knitting together of hearts is yes. almost impossible to describe. Yes. And then that day comes when when you sit down and talk with them and either you know or they know, it's time to do something else. It's hard.
3: That's right. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. And, you know, one thing that I love about Calvary Chapel is that we don't have membership. And the fact that we don't have membership, it, it lends to the fact that uh, people can come and go as the Lord moves them and directs them. And so what we have learned to do is to enjoy people while we have them in front of us. Because we don't know how long that will be, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it's for a long time. Others, they just come and go. But it's that its that having a light grip on them, but loving them as much as you can at the same time.
2: Yeah, and when, when as a pastor, uh, uh, when we pray for people, and especially when you're praying for people over a period of time, um, there's no way to describe what God does in your heart but but just giving you a heart. It, it's almost like he's depositing those very people mm-hmm. in a place in your heart, and they're going to stay there, but you're not going to see them anymore. It's just really a difficult thing. Let's talk about Calvary Chapel of North San Antonio. Um, tell Tell the audience where you are.
3: Yes, we are, and actually, we we have a new name. We oh, okay. are actually Calvary Newspring, and I'll tell you a little bit about that story okay, in good. a second. But we are on uh, twenty five forty nine Jackson Keller Road, and so we are on kind of on the corner of Jackson Keller and Vance Jackson. So that's just inside the loop? Just inside the loop in a shopping center actually called The Corners, and we are literally in the corner. You (laughs) would not find us if if, you just can't see us. We're in the corner, but uh, we're in the corner of The Corners on on Vance Jackson and Jackson Keller. But we we renamed the church Calvary New Spring, and that was actually by – at the very beginning when we knew we were coming – Pastor Jim felt like maybe we were, we were going to have to dissolve the corporation, Calvary Chapel North San Antonio, and he had asked me to consider a new name and so forth. And it turns out we didn't have to do that, but he still encouraged uh, me to perhaps rename the church. And, so, wisdom. and so we did and uh you know new spring came for by way of of a, of a few different scriptures but the the biggest thing for me and what i shared with the church because it, one of the things you don't want to do when you take over a church is start making major changes somebody told me that and and one of the things i did was start making major changes but not because i wanted to it just that's the way it happened but new spring came from um you know, I, I investigate a little bit about what a spring is, and a spring is just a new birth out of a deep aquifer that's already there. You you can't—a spring doesn't just come up on its own. There needs to be a water source. And it just dawned on me that Pastor Jim had, had created this, and the Lord threw him this deep aquifer for the last 23 years at Calvary North San Antonio. And from that, something new was coming out. And it was still tied together. It's still the same. The source was still everything that he had done, and God had done through him. And hence, Calvary New Spring.
2: I have a, a good friend who uh, renamed his church. It was Calvary Chapel of Idaho Falls, and he, for the same reason, as a, almost a similar story, renamed it um, Watermark Church. Nice. And 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 it was the same thing. He said, "There's just something new. It's something like we've planted, and and now we're we're, we're seeing." A different direction. God wants us to go and do something. So it's just sort of a new identity, but doing the same thing.
3: Absolutely, What they've have...
2: always been doing. What what uh, what's the response from a, a body that's had the same pastor for more than twenty years, and new guy comes in? And, yes. And
3: and, and uh, how were you received? You know, we were um, we were well received, and and I can tell you that not one family uh, has left in a transition, which is... That's really unusual. It's very unusual. Yeah. Some of them we knew from before when we fell. Some people have been there for 20 years. Um But it, it also speaks of what Pastor Jim had taught and had poured into the people for the last 20 plus years, is that it, you're not there to listen to a man. You're there to listen to God's word. And as long as I kept doing that, I think that people would be continually blessed and, and continue to attend. And so they have. Um, and so that has been a blessing to me. Um, you know, we've we've just grown together, even in the midst of, of COVID. I mean, we, we took over the church in January of 2020, and two months later, we were no longer able to see anybody. <laughs> Life
2: changed forever. Huh? Forever. Yeah.
3: So we had two months with people, and then we didn't see them again until we began to meet, uh, you, you know, down the year. And so it's been a struggle, but it's been good.
2: Have you, um, let me give a phone number again in case anybody wants any calls, 340-9585 for whatever question. It could be on the Bible, it could be something specific for Pastor Hector. 340-9585. Um, uh, after the pandemic, and we're not completely past it yet, yes. but, but uh, things are slowly returning to normal, more slowly in some places than others. How is uh, Calvary New Spring doing?
3: We are doing great. We we've um there's been people in the church who who have had to deal with it. Um we're in a really small facility, so we took some some extreme precautions. Uh and you know the the church um they just supported us in it. Anything that I suggested or that I thought would be wise for us to do being the size of our space, uh they just did it. And and so as soon as we were able to meet again, we began to meet again, and we haven't stopped since. <laughs> and, you know, I would say we're at least 90% back. I mean, the majority of the church is back. Now, we're a small fellowship, so that mm. that's not hard to do, but, but still, the majority is back. And the, the
2: time when people get back together, it's like, praise the Lord, this is, this right. is what we've been missing all along. Yes. The importance of fellowship, obviously. Yes. I think now, personally, in a small fellowship... Is is even greater? Absolutely. So your uh, your thought?
3: Absolutely, yeah. And and you know, I think for for some of us, it you know, COVID has really challenged um, the things that we perhaps have been taking for granted. You know, f- for some, it's we go to church Sunday, we go to church Wednesday, we we do a discipleship class here and there, and then all of a sudden, you don't have those things, mm-hmm. and you really realize how much you need them and how big of a part it is of your life.
2: Yeah, I've been saying for the last fourteen months that that we don't do so well in isolation. No. As, as a Christian family, we need one another. That's right. More than we think we do. More than we yes. realize. And uh, and and just that idea getting back together. I was sharing at a luncheon that we were at today with with uh, a couple of the other guys that that um, we we are pretty much back to normal um, in the sense that. Um, Uh, we have not enough room for the people that are coming on our three services on Sunday and it is uh, it's just like everybody is like this burden has been lifted yes and it's so good to come to a place that's filled with joy again
3: absolutely we were designed for fellowship we were made for that
2: and if we forget that then the enemy's going to take advantage of it
3: that's right we're in trouble
2: let's take a phone call we got Jeff from San Antonio calling on line one Jeff thanks for calling you're on the air with Pastor Hector Velarde
6: uh, buenas tardes. Dios los, los bendiga, Pastor Hector. Um,
3: buenas tardes. ¿Cómo estás?
6: Muy bien. Ustedes dos son pastores de puro corazón.
3: Uh, Dios te bendiga.
6: Ajá. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I'll, I'll switch to English here just because I know Pastor Ron would prefer that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wanted to take this. Uh, really, I would want you to go without... Uh, expressing your thoughts on the, uh, the immigration crisis, although I don't think crisis is really the correct word. I mean, I think that's more political than anything else because we know God was moving people all over the place and immigration has been such an important part of this, this country and, um, and of this, of, of the world. And, and, um, I'm just, you know, how should, especially, uh, Folks here in, in in Texas and Central Texas, there's there's still a lot of uh, uh, un, unrest, and um, you know we have what over five thousand preteen and teenage uh, children right now in the Freeman Coliseum, and um, you know we get calls for people needing work, and they're looking for people to come in and babysit and everything, and and, and you just hear a lot of hear comments at work and hear comments uh, in public about, uh, you know, how the country doesn't need to be responsible for that. And, and I know that's not what God has intended for us to do, uh, to, to respond as Christians. And I'm wondering if you would just talk about that a little bit. And,
2: and, uh, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. You. Hector, what are, you, what are your thoughts?
3: You know, I am probably the least uh, political pastor out there, uh, you, you know, but I, I will uh, talk a little bit about this because I, th- I think it goes beyond politics. I, I think it's, it's something that, you know, I, I'm a, from an immigrant family. You know, my parents came and, and I got the blessing of growing up in the United States. We're from Mexico, we're from Chihuahua, um, and they did it the right way and and i think that that there's sometimes you know there's a right and a wrong way to do things now i know things have changed the laws have changed and so forth but um i i just think that whether they got here the right way or the wrong way there's people here who need our help and i think the church should be there to help as much as it is allowed to you know i i don't know of of all that we are allowed to do um, we have to be careful not to be just somebody who's doing social good, because we, we have a message. The church has a message to convey, and that's the gospel, the good news. And we don't want to lose that in our serving uh, our community, uh, serving the immigrants. Um, and so there's a fine line between that. What what do you think, Pastor Ron?
2: Well. I think, and I just know you well enough to to know that you you probably never ask anybody who shows up on Sunday what their immigration status is. Nope. And I think that's the beauty of being the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, We don't have to be political. Um, We ask God to bring unsaved people. We ask God to win hearts. Uh, We ask God for ministry opportunities. I mean, that's the focus of, of, of what we do as pastors. And as Christians, our responsibility is to love our neighbor. That's right. And our neighbors, whoever is there in front of us, and we don't have to worry about all the political ramifications or or the, the, the controversies, uh, all we have to do is, is show the love of Christ. That's right. And that's freedom from being political or freedom from having an ideology that says, well, they need to do this or they need to do that. All we need to do as a believer is minister the love of Jesus Christ to anyone and everyone who walks through these doors or whom right. we encounter on the streets, and if we do that, Jesus is smiling, Amen. and and that's really the only thing that matters. You know, the church hasn't been given the mandate to solve the, the national immigration policy crisis. Um, if we had been given the mandate, we probably would have messed it up. So all we can do is love people who that's are in right. front of us, and it doesn't matter where they came from. Now we're a nation of laws. I understand all of that. However, as a Christian. That's our our responsibility. We'd love the Lord our God with all of our heart, strength, mind, and soul. And the second law is like unto it or attached to it, literally. And that's our love our neighbors as ourselves. Right. I and mean, that's anybody and everybody who comes along. So uh, I, I think that's what we need to do. And unfortunately, Jeff, um, we think. Let me re- character, characterize that. We too many Christians. Um, think from a political perspective we have to do uh, th- with this ideology, that idea, instead of just loving loving the Lord and loving the people that he sends along our way. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the question. Let's go to line one. Thanks for calling. You're on the air.
4: Okay. Yes. Hi, Pastor Ron. And uh, Hi. your guest, sir. I have a question about Psalms uh, chapter 119. I ran across oh. a uh, uh, a video online from a rabbi that, that said that it's it's a good thing to read at least once a week. Uh, chapter 119, I think there's 176 verses or somewhere around there. And I haven't read all of it to be honest with you, yet, but my my question is, there is so much in there about God and how we should act and how good God is, and... I and talks about the law and uh, how happy they are with the, with the commandments and I understand that Jesus Christ and how that works with the commandments, but you know I just wanted your thoughts on
2: it well i, I just I just talked about this psalm um, um, our study last Friday night in Ephesians six was uh, the sword of the spirit, which is the Word of god hmm. and 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 the reason you can only read this once a week is because it takes you a week to read it. That's that's the reason he probably would have said that, but but this this is a, a magnificent portion of scripture. When, when you see the law referred to for us, we would understand that to be the word of God, and and I think in this long the the longest chapter in all of scripture, in this long long chapter, Harold, uh, um, I think there's only three verses. Uh, some would say four, where the word isn't mentioned specifically. And um, um, just the word of God is the key to life. Uh, the word of God is is the only way we know what God wants. It's the only way we know the heart of God. And and I, I say this on this program all the time that the, the the Christian who is not deeply invested in the word of God is going to be the Christian that's out there struggling all the time, not knowing which way to go. Joshua is told, "Don't turn to the left or to the right." but but keep focused on the word of god you've got my word and sadly uh, hector we have uh, far too many christians uh, for whom the word of god just really doesn't play a vital uh, an essential role in their lives. What do you think about? I mean, I love this psalm.
3: Yes, it is. It, it is amazing, and you are absolutely right. The focus, the central focus of Psalm 119, is the word. In fact, Harold, I would encourage you as you read through it or as you uh, listen to it that you would look for the different terms that the psalmist. Uh, refers to uh, the word, and you'll see that he'll call it the word, he'll call it the law, it'll be precepts, commandments, statutes, uh, all of the, and, and there's many more. And if you notice, it, they all have to do with the word and the way that we live our life. And so it, it is just a, without the word of God infiltrating our lives, we are nothing.
2: Yeah, you know when when um, um, verse twelve in this in this psalm, is an example, where the psalmist writes, "Praise be to you, O Lord," and then here's the reason that that, that the praise is coming from his heart. Teach me your decrees; I won't be lost. I know where to go. I, I'll know the direction. And and Harold, and for everybody else in the audience. There there's just so many people out there calling themselves Christians, and I'm not doubting their salvation, but they're not benefiting the, from the abundant life that Jesus promised because, frankly, they don't know Jesus well enough because they haven't been in the Word. There's no way to know Jesus without being in the Word. Hector, on our teaching programs on the radio, uh, our announcer says at the end, fall in love with the Bible and you will fall in love with Jesus. That's right. And then she says, we promise.
3: <laughs> and there's no
2: other way to do it.
3: Is you not. can't
2: know him. You can't know what he wants. And that means the enemy is always there to create this tension about, well, how do I know I'm right in the doubt? The word, the word, the word.
3: That's right. That's A right. steady and, and, diet, yeah, daily and, diet.
2: And, and Calvary Chapel, this affiliated group of churches we're part of, uh, that's our foundation and has been our foundation from the beginning. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Harold, thank you for the question and for the call. I appreciate it very, very much. Well, Hector, we're we're taking all of our time. We got about five minutes left in the program. Talk about the vision for Calvary Chapel uh, New Spring and and what what's the Lord doing?
3: You know, um, I, I think just currently we are in. Um, well, I'll just speak real real candidly about our fellowship, if I could, we are we, we rent a space, and we are in our last few months of our lease, and we do find ourselves with uh, the need for a little bit more space than what we have now, especially now with COVID. It seems like everybody wants just a little bit more elbow room, right? <laughs> and when we used to be able to just squeeze in and do the old Calvary crunch that you yep. remember, uh, that might be something of the past, and and. and and so we're, we're praying about that, where God would put us, where God would have us. Um, but the vision hasn't changed. We we are a church that is going to teach the Bible verse by verse, uh, chapter by chapter, until we get done with the book and move on to the next one until Jesus returns. And in the midst, and while we do that, then um, we are looking to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I, I, I believe that is my personal i think it's for everybody but it's certainly the one that i believe god has given me is to do that is to do the best i can to equip the saints for the work of the ministry
2: uh, if you don't you got to do it all and and uh, even you you're too old for that well absolutely <laughs> and
3: nor was and and i can't you know i think of moses when jethro came to him and said you're gonna kill yourself yeah. doing this and plus it's not good for the people and so it's never good for the pastor to do it all.
2: You know, I think sometimes we have a tendency to think that we have to be in action, we have to be in motion, there's always gotta be something doing. Rather than saying, Okay, I'm gonna teach the word of God, the spirit is gonna work the spirit of God's gonna work through the word of God, and he's gonna call people, and he's gonna send people and he's gonna do the, the ministry uh that that comes from his heart. Yes. Instead of doing what we do. And I think sometimes as pastors we're so focused on, well, I got to do what everybody else is doing instead of saying, Jesus, it's your church, I'm your servant, these are your people. That's right. Okay, what do you want us to
3: do? That's right, yeah. And, and you know, we, we just, we want to uh, enable people to do that which God is calling them to do, Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he has prepared from beforehand. And that's, you, you couple that with Ephesians 4.12, and it is a good recipe for a vibrant, a... Church that is God is going to use you know people who are seeing their calling, what it is that God wants them to do, and then enabling equi- equipping them to do that um and then we go out and make Jesus' name famous to our community because there is a community in need, and yeah. we want to be that we want to be that light to our community
2: we're we're just over a minute now, Hector, what's the best thing about being a pastor
3: the people, yeah. You know, I, I heard somebody say, and you See, that's what it.
2: attracted me from the very beginning, because I knew that would be your answer.
3: <laughs> well, so, sometimes people say, if, if it wasn't for the people, ministry would be great. And I <laughs> think it, it's about the people. If it wasn't for the people, we wouldn't be in ministry, right? And, and ministry is messy. People's lives are as messy. My life is messy at times. But it's the love for people. Yeah. You know, and seeing God's word just infiltrate their lives and change them. I love that. I love seeing it.
2: It always frustrated me. We'd go to pastors' conferences, you'd see the pastor holding court with a bunch of other pastors, and you know, I didn't know the sheep would bite. And boy, being a pastor is hard, and it's the greatest honor and privilege. I tell our church all the time except for being Paula's husband, being your pastor is the greatest honor and privilege in That's this right. life. That's and, right. and that God would entrust people he cares for, people he loves, with someone like you or me, it's an amazing thing to think about, isn't it?
3: That is right. Yeah. What a privilege. What an honor. Yeah. To-
2: what do you want to say to your people before we go?
3: I just want to tell you I love you, and we will see you on Sunday to continue our study in the book of Mark.
2: Hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been The Word to Stand On for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630. The Word, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a wonderful evening, but tell somebody about Jesus. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4